This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Well, hello everybody. It's so incredibly awesome to spend this time with you tonight. I'm so, so excited, pumped to have you with us. God has been so good to us, amen. And we believe that God is doing a mighty thing in our land. And I think right now I just want to say a big thank you to Apostle Thea and Dr. Bear for this opportunity of being able to share with you. As I always count, this is such a great honour. And if you'd be so kind and just, just bow your heads for a moment as we just open in prayer. Father, oh God, we just love you. We honour you. We thank you, Father God, for this church. We thank You, Father God, for all that You are doing in and through us, that we are Your hands and feet, and we can go and make a difference in this life, Father. We thank You, Father God, for Your Word, that You are our solid rock, and the revelation of Your Word is what keeps us anchored. And we thank You for that You are our true north. Thank You, Father God, that I know, Lord, that I can do nothing without You. And right now, I make it very clear that I am... I completely rely on You, Father. I trust in You with all my heart and all my soul that You would take this Word to our hearts tonight. You are the Teacher, Holy Spirit. We thank You for Your presence here. We thank You for Your holy anointing. And we thank You, Father God, that tonight I really believe that our hearts are going to be changed as we sit under Your Word in the mighty name of Jesus. Everyone said, Amen. (laughs) Well, family, this is our week number three of our four-week series, which is called Family Values. And tonight, the title of my message is Inseparable Relationships. But I want to begin right now by just speaking a little bit about values, because it just seems to me, you know, that we've kind of had a shift in values in so many different areas. You know, if we're thinking about theological values, moral values, ethical values, and perhaps we don't really have a law problem as much as we have a values problem. Because you see, the law can't change our hearts. Only God can change our hearts. And maybe we are, we are trying to, to move something to a place where only God is able to change that. And, and, and we, we cannot regulate that to another place. You see, if you, if you consider things like family values, home, marriage, covenant, unity, I mean, those are all things that start in our hearts. It starts in our homes. And so I want to take you to the scripture that I've been talking about the whole week already, which is Psalm 11 verse 3. And it just says this amazing thing. It says, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? And I mean, how many of you feel that we are just in this generation right now that it feels like our foundations have been destroyed? And how many of you maybe asked this question and said like, what in the world am I supposed to do? And you see, that's the whole thing is that, honestly, if you think about it, it's not really about us. I mean, the next two words say this after me, the Lord. You see, the Lord, family, what am I supposed to do? The Lord. Where do I go from here? The Lord. The Lord is in His holy temple. I've got news for you. God is still on the throne. And if you're feeling right now, you're asking the question, I don't know what to do. Come on, parents maybe husbands, wives, businesses, 
that you're in that place that you say, I don't know what to do. The Lord, it's time that we came back to the Lord, came back to His values. And if I may say, maybe we just find ourselves a little bit further away than we thought, simply because of all the stuff that's going on. I'm kind of reminded years ago, when my children were growing up, my mom and dad were living in Hermanus. So that kind of became my favorite vacation place, which in fact it still is. But when they were younger, my mom used to have some of these little belly boards. You know what that is? It's kind of like a, a half a surfboard. And they used to love that. We would go to the beach and I mean, they would paddle out on a wave and they would come back again and then they would paddle out again and catch a wave and come back again. And here's what I quickly found out as a mom, that those waves do not break in one straight line, right? They kind of come in at an angle. And what happened was it didn't take very long and they were kind of about 100 yards up the beach. A family with everything that's going on, kind of feels like maybe we as a church, we're like 100 yards up the beach. And maybe it's time that we, we kind of came back to the, the values. And here's what the Lord says. Have a look at this right here in Jeremiah 6.16. It says, when you stand at the crossroads, and doesn't it feel, if we look around the world right now, that we seem to be at a crossroads? It carries on. It says, ask for the ancient paths. You know, those solid foundations and pillars that we learned from our grandparents and our parents. And then it says, ask where the good way is, right? And it says, and I love this, it says, and you will find rest for your souls. How many of you feel that that would just be really so amazing right now, just to feel that rest inside of us? You see, it just seems to me that the world seems to be, be really redefining what God created. There's all these kind of new ideas around those foundations that people are confused. I mean, we have people saying to us, what is your opinion on this? What do you think about that? <laughs> and at the end of the day, it really isn't about us. It's not really about what we think and what our opinion is. We're just trying to follow God. We're just trying to do what the Word says. Amen, everybody. So really this thesis, let me just have some water quickly. This thesis, really, for this four-part series is as follows. It's in order for our relationships to work, we must let the one who designed them define them. And somebody said to me, well, you know, I, I don't like the way God designed it. Truth be told, you're not God. You didn't make us. But, you know, really, it just would seem to me that, again, a lot of people seem to be trusting in their feelings. I'm saying, you so can't trust your feelings. I want to tell you, if I had to trust my feelings as truth, I doubt I would still be on the planet today. Right? So we have to make sure that we are not feelings-based, but that we are values-based. Let me have a look at this. Am I going to base my life on what I think or on what God thinks? And people may say, well, you know, I know what's best for my life. Really? Well, have a look at this in Proverbs, what it says. There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. You know, young people say, well, I know what's best for me. Well, maybe that path is going to lead to death. And it may not be physical death, but maybe death in our souls and death in our minds and death in our marriages. 
And I'm sorry to say that, but family, when I look around the world, we are actually not in a great place right now. But I've got good news for you because even John 10, 10, even though it says the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, Jesus came and he said, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. For some unknown reason, people seem to have this weird idea that God has come to restrict our lives, to cramp our style. I mean, come on. He came to bless us. He came to give us a full life. He came to show us what is best for us. And if I look around me, I'll tell you something. I see so much disunity, so much disagreement, so many areas that people are just so angry. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And here's what I found out. I mean, you and I, we got to understand the devil knows what the Bible says. The Bible says that a house divided against itself will fall. And that's all he has to do is cause division and we will do his job for him. Family, think about that. We see division in so many areas. I mean, if it's about genders and it's about generations and it's about race and it's about status, wherever he can cause division, there's always this separation. And here's the worst part, is that it kind of, you kind of feel forced to pick a side. And that only entrenches that division. Let me say this, that we as Christians do not have the luxury of picking sides. You know why? Because God so loved the world and therefore we love and we value every single person, even maybe that person that you got into a fight with, that person you disagree with, maybe that person that you dislike. And so really the theme of my message tonight is this, that if we think that we can have that luxury of having something in my heart, whether it's against a person, whether it's against a movement, whether it's against a a political party, what they believe and what you believe, and maybe it's your mother, your father, your, your spouse, or the guy next door, whoever it is, if we think that we can have this stuff inside of our hearts and say, well, you know what, that's okay because I know I'm right. You need to see this. My relationship with God is inseparable to my relationship with the people that God has put in my life. What am I saying? I'm saying if you think about the cross, vertically is my relationship with God. Horizontally is where that relationship flows to the people that I come into contact with. So I cannot have a a good this one and a bad that one. If I've got a good relationship with God, I will have a great marriage. If I've got a great relationship with God, I will have a good attitude towards the people that God has put in my life. Amen, family. You said, are you sure about that, Pastor Jenny? Well, yes, I am. Because in John 13, this is the Lord Jesus. He says, a new command I give to you. Love one another. And then he doesn't give us an opportunity to define what that should look like. He makes it very clear. He says, as I have loved you. Family, I want you just to to mention, just mention that Jesus hung on a cross in agony, dying the worst kind of 
death that anybody could imagine. And he looked down at the people who did that to him. And he said, Father, forgive them. I'm not sure I would have said that. I'm not going to tell you what I would have said. But then he carries on. He says, so you must. Not when you feel like it with the person you like and the person you want to. No, no. So you, you must love one another. And then he carries on and he says this. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples because you come to Christian family church. <laughs> no, because you read your Bible more than anybody else. No, family. He says, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Now, this word love is the agape kind of love, which means it is unconditional. It is the God kind of love. Now, I really, really believe that God tonight is going to do a great work in every single one of our hearts so that we can really show this love even to those people that make you mad, even those people that you dislike, even those people that you disagree with, that we are not going to be in that place that says, I'm going to be on this side or I'm going to be on that side. And let me just make this very clear. I strongly believe that we need to have good values, that we need to stand on truth. And let me tell you something, I stand very firmly on the things that I believe in. But family, I cannot have something against another person at the same time. Let me demonstrate to you really how Jesus discussed this. You know, the Pharisees and the religious leaders came to him and they asked him this question. They said, teacher, which is the greatest commandment of the law. Can you imagine? Think about this. I mean, seriously, out of 440 commandments in the Old Testament, they come to Jesus and they say, well, which one is the most important? Which is the one that you're looking at the most? And which is the one that we kind of have to focus on, right? And Jesus, we well, didn't say it like this, but I would have said it like this. Well, okay, that's cool. I'll tell you which one it is. And here we go. Sorry, just go back on. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your hearts, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And then he carries on and he says, and this is, where am I now? This is the first and the greatest commandment. And then he carries on, he says, and, and he starts saying the next thing. And I can kind of imagine this, you know, that they would say, well, hang on a minute, we didn't ask for the and. We just wanted one. We didn't ask for and, okay? Just, just give us one. And I can imagine Jesus answering and saying, no, but you don't understand. It's the same thing. They are inseparable. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. I mean, everyone, do you get that? You see, the point is this, that if I'm going to ask this question, how am I doing with God then I have to ask this question as well. How am I doing with the people that God has put into my life? So I want to talk to you now about those people. 
those people that make you mad, those people that you disagree with, those, that group out there that you look at them and you say, you know what, the earth will be a better place if they were just not on it. <laughs> or how about maybe somebody in your family that you've kind of had this thing that you haven't spoken to them in how long? Or perhaps somebody said they were going to do something for you and you really, really thought they were going to come through and they didn't. They dropped you. Or maybe somebody said something bad about you or something bad, very hurtful to you. Family, I suggest that we all have at least one person in one of those categories. But I want to tell you something. Jesus said it would happen. Have a look in Matthew 24. It says this. And then it says, many will be offended, will betray one another, right? And you know what that many means? That many means most of us, most of the time, will be offended and will betray one another and will hate one another. In fact, in Luke chapter 17, he said this to his disciples, it is impossible that no offense should come. So I want to say this to you today, that if you feel like that, that you've maybe been offended all right, or maybe you are offended right now. Don't even feel bad about it because Jesus said it's going to happen. You are not going to get on with every single person 100%, 100% of the time. But we as Christians, as leaders, family, especially with everything that we have come through, we are the ones that need to make sure that we get our hearts in the right place, in a place that is going to bring honor and glory to God. And I'm going to share with you now, Three things that actually makes it very hard to do. But I believe that it's, as we continue, you're going to see this is something that God will help us to do. And the first thing is this, is that we actually have a wrong understanding of forgiveness, of what that actually is. And some people think it means that you have to agree with that that happened to you. Well, actually, it really is not minimizing the seriousness of the offense or what that other person believes and you do not believe or, or that what that person did wasn't, was okay. No, no, it was not okay. And maybe what that person did didn't really hurt. No, it actually really hurts. And maybe what that person said to you wasn't really wrong. No, it really was wrong. So it is not minimizing the seriousness of the offense. And then secondly, it's, it's not reconciliation. Now, many people say to you, it has to be reconciliation. Well, I'm saying if you can resolve it and be reconciled, that's first prize. But let us understand that reconciliation is a two-player game. I need that person's cooperation in order to be reconciled to them. But forgiveness, family, is a one-player game. That's when I go before God and I say, Father, this person has hurt me. This person has done this. This is how I'm feeling. That all this stuff's going on inside of me. But I cannot allow this to pollute my heart. And so I release them and I forgive them. And I thank you, Father, that you set me free in this area. You see, family, it's my attitude towards God about that person. The other thing that it's not is it's not forgetting what happened? And many people again will say to you, but to forgive is to forget. Well, let me show you this. That you see, once I've let that go, once I've forgiven, 
I have peace in my heart, right? I, I've released that person. I can put my head on the pillow at night knowing that I've got the love of God inside of me. And yes, probably I'm going to forget because it doesn't bug me anymore. And family, that's really what it's all about. It's that we want to get our hearts in that place. And I really believe that the change has got to begin with us in the church, that with all this stuff going on around us, all this negativity, even on social media, I mean, it's time that we just rise up as a church, as a people of God, and just walk in that place that we are not carrying offense in our hearts. And I believe that God is calling us to do this, and even with that stuff, that we are not going to be as belligerent as the rest of them. And as I'm saying, that we're going to stand firm on what we believe, but love well at the same time. We are not going to go, well, you know what? I've got news for you. You are wrong. And I've got more news for you. Guess what? You're going to go to hell. <laughs> Christianity is supposed to be attractive. They want to want to have what we have. But we've got to get our own hearts right first with the people that we come into contact with, in our marriages, I mean, with our in-laws and our outlaws and everybody else. The second thing is this, is we don't think it's fair. And you know what? You're absolutely right. It's not fair. It's not fair that somebody should hurt you. It's not fair that somebody should say bad things about you. It's not fair that they should, maybe you're in that place where you're like, my goodness, Pastor Jenny, let me assure you, you don't want fair. I'm, I'm so glad that God's not fair. I'm so glad that He took my sin. I'm so glad that Jesus flooded my heart and forgave me because if He didn't, I would have to stand before God. I would have to give an account for every single thing that I ever did wrong, every single thing I thought that was wrong, every single thing I said that was wrong, every bad attitude I've ever had, and all those things I didn't do that I was supposed to be do as well. Family, let me tell you, I will take forgiveness over fear any day. But I'm going to take a little bit of time now and just share a story with you, which comes from the Lord Jesus in Matthew 18. And you know what I just love about the Lord Jesus is when He sees there's a problem, he always deals with it. And then he tells us amazing stories. You know, and, and it kind of is the story about Peter and he comes to Jesus and, and, and he's kind of obviously been through this thing where somebody has, has maybe offended him in some way and he forgave him. And then he offended him again and he forgave him and he offended him again. And he kind of got to the point where he's like, seriously, how many times? Lord Jesus, how many times must I do this? What is, what is the limit here? And then he thinks he's being super spiritual and he's like, up to seven times? And of course, Jesus answers and he says, I'll tell you, actually, it's not seven times, but 77 times. And actually, family, if you read into that, it's actually 70 times seven, which is 490 times a day, the same person for the same offense. That means it's every three minutes and that's if you didn't sleep at all. That's a lot, right? <laughs> So then Jesus says, okay, let me, let me, let's think about this. And he starts telling this awesome story. And he says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. So he began 
As he began the settlements, a man who owed him, listen to this, 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Family, 10,000 bags. Do you know what that is? In today's economy, that's about $5 billion. Not rands, dollars. So I kind of think that Jesus made this like this crazy amount. I mean, it's insurmountable that you would look at that and say, well, shoo, now hang on. That, 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 that's a little bit too much. You don't think so? I'd love to have a chat to you about all the things the church is embarking on right now. Okay, I'm just joking. Okay. <laughs> Family, let's continue. It says, since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. The servant fell on his knees before him. Watch this. Be patient with me. He begged. Family, how would you feel if somebody did that? I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. Now, just imagine. I mean, what would you do if that was you? Five billion dollars? Let me tell you, I would be jumping and shouting with joy. But look what this guy did. It says, but when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him, watch this, a hundred silver coins. That's all. Okay, that's about $10,000 in today's economy. But it's definitely more manageable, right? It's, look what happened. It says that he grabbed him and began to choke him. And then, pay back what you owe me, he demanded. Look at this now. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me. I will pay it back. Can you imagine, family, the same words, the same action. Look what this guy did. It says, but he refused. It says, instead, he went off and he had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. Now I'm asking you this question. If you were there, if you had witnessed that, how would you feel? Look at this now. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were greatly outraged. Well, I think that pretty much says how I feel about that. I mean, I would be greatly outraged. It says that, that he went, they went and told their master everything that had happened. Look at this. Then the master called the servant in. He said, you wicked servant. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged at me to. He says, shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? Carizona says, in anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay all the debt that he owed. Now, here's what I want you to look at. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? Five billion dollars. Trust me, family, you do not want to pay for your own sin. But this is really what I want you to see right now. And this is honestly the, the crux of my message tonight. And that is, this is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. And I'm saying, family, when that offense, I can guarantee you, 
is going to come. I guarantee it. But it's what are we going to do with it? We cannot afford to hold it here. C.S. Lewis puts it like this. He says, to be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. Now I want to tell you tonight, if we would just allow God, He can do a wonderful work in our hearts that we will walk away just feeling so much freer and so much lighter and really be an example to those people who really need to receive what we already have. But the third thing is this, that we really don't think that we can do it. Where you're sitting there saying, that sounds great. Pastor Jenny, I, I, even, I even agree with all of that, but you don't know what happened to me. You don't know how bad it was. You don't know how badly I was hurt. And you know what, here's a thought, is that are we going to allow that person to change who we are? Are we gonna do this? But the Bible tells me this, I can do all this through him who gives me the strength to do it. God does not expect you to do it on your own. And I truly believe, family, if we just open our hearts, God is going to give you the capacity to do what you never thought you were able to do. But we have got to take the first steps. We've got, to, we've got to take those steps before Him. You see, the Bible says that He stands at the door of our hearts and He knocks. And we have to open the door of our hearts. So we have to take those first steps and we've got to allow God to do this fresh work inside of our hearts. So I'm going to give you three things that we can do that I believe that will help us to get to that place where we can really do this. And that we would actually feel, if we would do this, I want you to know, family, that even those people that were so mean to you, that were so ugly to you, that were so hateful, those people that are out there doing stuff that you just completely disagree with, God will even put compassion in our hearts for them if we would just allow Him to. The first thing that we can do is this, is we can pray for them. And I know what you're saying. <laughs> Yes, I do pray for them, Pastor Jenny. I pray that the fleas of a thousand camels will attack their armpits. <laughs> I'm not talking about that kind of prayer. Okay, somebody else says, now I've even got a scripture, break the teeth of the wicked. No, 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 I'm not talking about that kind of prayer either. I'm gonna take you to the Sermon of the Mount. This is the Lord Jesus. And He says this in Matthew 5. He says, you have heard it was said, love your neighbour and hate your enemy. And that's cool, we, we're fine still, right? Because we do that. I mean, we, we like the people that we love and we hate the people that we hate. But Jesus always comes with that but. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Family, I'm saying, honestly, go before God and pray for them. Will you really sit down and say, Lord, I'm asking you to forgive this person this group, this political party. I pray for them. I ask you, Lord, to forgive them and I, I forgive them. And I, I thank you, Father, that you would just rest your hand upon them, Lord, that you would lead them, that you would guide them into truth. And Lord, just be in their life and bless them. Can you imagine that? I mean, you're like, oh, okay. Am I going to be able to do that? But let me give you a great example of this. I've always got to bring King David in and a few Psalms, right? How many of you have read Psalms? And at the beginning, he's like, 
break the teeth of the wicked. <laughs> do this to them and do that for them. My soul is in so much despair and there's all this frustration that comes out. And by the time you get to the end of the Psalm, it's like completely different. Like, oh God, your love and your compassion and your mercy and I love you. And his attitude changes completely. Why? Family, prayer. That's what prayer will do in our hearts. And that's exactly what God will do for us. And you know what I want to say this to you? As we pray for them, God will change them. But even if He doesn't, God will change us. Amen? Here's the second one. And that is bless them. And that simply means this. It simply means speak positively over them in public and in private. You see, when you speak negatively, you are cursing. So the moment that we are speaking positively, we are blessing. So we are not going to curse. We are going to bless. Have a look at it. in Luke chapter 6. It says, but I tell you, hear me, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. <laughs> bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. In Romans, it puts it like this. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. So we're going to pray and we're going to bless and we are going to do good. And that is the third one, is that we do good to them. Let me read to you from Romans chapter 12. I've got a couple of verses here. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is good in the eyes of everybody, what is right. I mean, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. See, family, it's not for us to look at vengeance. In fact, it carries on and it says, Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, It is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. Here's the thing, family, that, you know, we always pray, our prayers are always subjective because we know how we want it to work out. God says, I'm telling you, if something is wrong, Leave it to me. I'll settle those accounts. In Proverbs 25, we read, On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, oh, listen to this, you will heap burning coals on his head. And I used to think, yes, I can do that. I can give him a drink. I can give him, because he's going to heap burning coals on his head. But I hate to tell you that that's not what it means. It's not burn, baby, burn. It's not about that at all. This is actually what it means. You see, in those days, they didn't have electricity like we have most of the time. So everything was about a fire, right? And if your fire went out, you didn't have any dinner, you didn't keep warm, none of that stuff would happen. So what would happen is if your fire went out, a good neighbor would bring their burning coals to get your fire reignited. And this is saying, my enemy I know you don't have this right now, but I do. So I want you to have this. That's what it's talking about. See, it carries on over here in, in, in Romans and it says, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. See, family, God is countercultural. All those things that we feel we want to do, He's saying, no, you're not going to do it that way. 
You understand what I'm saying? He's countercultural, not only in values, but also in our hearts. In Ephesians, we read, this is how we go about it. Get rid of bitterness and rage and anger and brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. If we can get rid of that stuff, that's the stuff that's in the world. And then he carries on and it says, be kind and compassionate, forgiving each other just as Christ, in Christ God forgave you. That's what he's asking us to do. And let me tell you, it's hard to do unless it's been done to you. But freely, if we receive, freely we will be able to give. And God has forgiven us and we have received His loving kindness and His mercy. And so, family, the forgiven, forgive. I would like to pray with you right now. Would you just bow your heads for one moment? Precious Father, I just wanna pray for every single person who's just heard this message right now. And I thank you, Father, that you would just cleanse our hearts, Father, that you would make us pure and free again, Father. And God, that we are not going to allow ourselves to be held hostage because of what somebody else feels or thinks about us, Father. But we're going to release them like you've released us. You are going to, we're going to forgive them like you forgave us. We're going to love them like you love us, Father. We're going to bless them. We're going to, we're going to pray for them. We're going to even do good for them. In Jesus' mighty name. I want to ask you right now, if you can make this personal, would you just say this after me? Just say, Lord, I have not loved like I should have. I've resented some people. I've had unforgiveness in my heart. Today I ask you to give me the power to release and forgive them. I want you to make it very personal now, family. Say this, I forgive and say their name. I ask you, God, to forgive them. I pray, God, that you would replace my hurts with your peace and with your love. And Father, I ask you to forgive me too for the people that I have hurt in Jesus' mighty name. Now, if you're there right now and you say, I don't even know about this forgiveness. I've never received this forgiveness myself. I don't know how to do that. I wanna pray with you today because I wanna tell you all you have to do is receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Everything that you ever did wrong, including all of your hurts and pain, God already put on Jesus. You don't have to bear those things. And let me tell you, the time has never been easier than right now. So I want to invite you to make Jesus your Lord and Savior. I'm going to pray with you in just one moment. If you're here and you're saying, I've realized now that I have drifted a little bit further than I ever thought I had, and I want to rededicate my life right now. I want to ask you to raise your hand as well in a moment. And maybe you're sitting and you're like, I'm not even sure if I'm going to heaven. I've seen so many people going through so much stuff. You want to be sure that you're going to heaven tonight I want to also pray with you. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to count to three. And as I do that, I'm going to ask you if you'd be so kind right there where you are, if you would just raise your hand up, because I want you to know that God will see your hand. Right? So I'm going to do it right now. If you want to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you want to be sure you're going to heaven, or you want to rededicate your life right now, one, two, three, raise up your hand 
right there where you are, just raise up your hand. Just allow God to do this work in your heart right now. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. This is the best decision that you have ever made. I want to ask you if you would just repeat this prayer after me right now. Just say this. Jesus, thank you that you paid the price. Thank you that you died for my sins. Thank you that on the third day, Heavenly Father, that you raised him from the dead. And right now, I receive you, Jesus, as my personal Lord and Savior. Thank you that I am now a child of God. I am born again. I belong to you and I will be in heaven for all of eternity with you, God. And I forgive all those that have hurt me in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Thank you.